Truth Espresso, episode 117. Face it, we all would rather sleep in this morning. <sighs> That's why God gave us espresso, to kickstart our zombified corpses into hyperdrive. <laughs> and now, giving your mind and soul the morning shot of truth it craves. <sighs> this is Truth Espresso with Daniel Minnick. Well, hey, this is Daniel Minnick coming at you with a special episode of Truth Espresso. So why do I want to say special? Well, I actually hope that this is not a special episode of Truth Espresso, but it's special for this first time <clears throat> venturing out into this type of recording. And so why do I say it's special? Because I'm actually in Studio 2 for Truth Espresso. So what is Studio 2? Well, Studio One is the standard microphone setup that I have in my house, and Studio Two is actually my car. So why would I be recording an episode of Truth Espresso in my car? Well, that is because I am driving to work, and I figured... I'm a very busy parent, a very busy father, a husband, and father of four children, and I would like to crank out some more content, and one way to do this is to record an episode of Truth Espresso while driving to work, and so this is a an express edition of Truth Espresso, and so I'm hoping that recording episodes while I'm commuting to work or from work... Uh, from work to home would be a uh, special edition series of Truth Espresso called Truth Espresso Express. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's like morning allergies going on here. And so, what does that mean for the series of Express for True Espresso? Well, that means that I'm not going to be able to have notes in front of me, so. Uh, that means I'm not going to be able to cite things. I can only go off from memory. So sometimes I might read a news article and just reminisce on what I read and comment on it. But I'm not going to be able to cite it very well unless I put it in the show notes afterwards. But I'm not going to be able to cite it um, as I'm speaking and another thing is that if I recall some Bible verses, I, I will only say a reference if I happen to remember the reference off the top of my head. And so I might say somewhere in one of Paul's epistles, or I might remember the book, but not the chapter and verse, or so on. Just like you might if you're driving to work and you're trying to record an episode of a podcast. And so... What do I want to talk about for this first express edition of Truth Espresso? Well, there was a friend on Facebook who asked a question about fatherhood. You see, this person, this friend on Facebook who runs a uh, group uh, for various different kinds of Christians or um, Roman Catholic, Orthodox, and Protestant uh, dialoguing and debate, 
He's a single guy. He's a little older than I am. And he asked a question because he seems to express that he wants to get married and have lots of children. And so he asked the question um, about what is involved in fatherhood, how he, how he should prepare for that. And so I decide to give an answer, and I'm going to kind of uh, use that answer that I gave uh, for this episode to advise any of you singles out there if you're looking to get married, especially for you singles who are looking to get married and hope to be a father one day, what can you expect and what should you do as a husband and father? And I hope also that this episode can be directed, can be useful toward fathers also. Because a lot of us fathers really have a lot to learn, and as a father of four kids, I in no way say that I am an expert. In fact, I would say that I am one who suffers a lot from imposter syndrome, and so you know, some people might think, whoa, you're a father of four, you've been married for 12 years as of the recording of this episode, and yet I still feel incompetent, say, to start a podcast about being a father. It's just something that I don't feel equipped to talk about in depth on a regular basis of as if I'm an expert on what it means to be a father but I can give some nuggets of truth um, and experience and now and then and so that's what this episode will be and I'm just heading down the road here um, getting close to the highway heading on my way to work passing uh, the ubiquitous Chick-fil-A that was just remodeled recently to accommodate um, people uh, driving through and uh, providing heaters especially for uh, the winter with people uh, having to be outside and so on because who knows what's going to happen with uh, restrictions for COVID and so on if the indoor dining is going to be um, forbidden during the fall and the winter when it gets colder and so Chick-fil-A was trying to accommodate for that. <laughs> okay, getting close to the highway and getting close to the expressway for the topic at hand on this episode. So, what should a man, single man, looking to be a husband and a father, hoping to get married and wanting to have children, uh, do right now? And I know some, especially the person who asked this, who is an older guy, the first piece of advice I would say is wait. Wait on the Lord. Um, Isaiah chapter 40, and I forget the verse number, but it's toward the end of the chapter where um, it says, They that wait upon the Lord, Yahweh, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up as wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And so my first piece of advice is to wait. Now, I know that's probably not the piece of advice you would hope for if you feel like saying, hey, I've been waiting all my life. I've been waiting way too long. Well, I would say that the first piece of advice is to 
continue to wait, but to wait with faith and um, don't jump into anything hastily because that uh, can be a problem. If you're uh, quick to jump into th- something out of desperation, that is not um, <laughs> the best thing because if you think you're in the frying pan right now waiting for a spouse and um, you're growing impatient, the worst thing would be is to jump into a relationship without vetting it out, without waiting on the Lord, and go from the frying pan into the fire. Because the Apostle Paul does say that if you're single, you have freedom to minister as unto the Lord, but if you're married, um, you please your spouse. And so you want to make sure that if you get a spouse, it is someone with whom you can love, you can work together for the Lord, you want to vet out a spouse, and I don't mean like a, as a beauty pageant or something like that, you know, we're not talking about American Idol or, you know, uh, that whatever British show about uh, Britain's Got Talent, something like that. Uh, We're not putting, lining up a bunch of candidates in a row and picking one based on some kind of external characteristic. No, when I say to wait upon the Lord, I mean you be the person that you think a potential wife would love. You want to be someone with whom a wife uh, can actually desire to be a wife. You don't think of marriage in terms of, okay, when I get a wife, I want someone to do this and this and this and this for me. No, that's not the purpose of getting married. As my wife Chelsea and I said in our earlier podcast in the series that we're doing on marriage, the goal of marriage is not to look for someone who can do X, Y, and Z for you. You're not looking for someone from whom you can get something. Marriage is uh, a two-ness. There is uh, one flesh there with marriage. Uh, there's one goal, one flesh, and you should be looking for marriage as an institution where you can give to someone. And now, yes, there are people who exploit that. I don't want to minimize that, which is part of the reason why I'm saying that waiting and vetting is a good idea. Because if you want to find someone with whom you can give your heart, you want to find someone whom you believe will also give her heart. And I don't mean to say that in saying, I'm looking for someone who, from whom I can get something. No. I'm saying someone who shares your commitment to God and selflessness because you're looking for someone with whom you can be selfless and to be selfless you want someone who shares that ideal. And so that is the best way a marriage can work is two people giving. I don't mean in a war against each other like, grr, I'm going to make sure that you can't give so I can give and fighting over uh, false humility there. That's not what I mean at all. (laughs) Um, So you want to wait on the Lord. Wait um, patiently. Wait actively. You know, I don't mean wait like sit in the corner and twiddle your thumbs and do nothing. I mean actively look, but be patient and wait on the Lord, waiting and looking for someone, 
and be slow about it. If you do find uh, someone with whom you can have a relationship, you want to take it slow, you want to build up a friendship. My wife Chelsea and I talked about this. Build up a friendship that is not focused on romance, that is not focused on trying to find ways to be alone and sneak away. Uh, I'm not imposing some kind of hyper-fundamentalist standards here for, um, like, you know, some kind of uh, Christian college. That's not what I'm talking about here. I just mean that your focus is not to find ways to be alone so that you could focus on how um, lovey-dovey and get really... um, filled up with uh, emotions and butterflies and stuff. You've got to build and focus on a friendship relationship first because that's how you get to know someone. You get to know someone, what's their favorite color? Um, What are their likes and their dislikes? What are their strengths and weaknesses? What are their challenges? You don't go for um, that satisfaction of feeling romance with someone with whom you have not yet made a commitment. Now, that's my standard. It's not uh, scripture. It's just my counseling advice um, to avoid getting burned. And so wait patiently. And now, let's say that you have found uh, the one in whom your heart desires you have found someone who can be your spouse uh, forever because the commitment is for life. So you found someone, you've gotten married, and you have the desire to have children. And of course, that's one of those things that you should talk about before you get married. There should be no shock that once you get married to your wife, and then once you're married, tell her, uh, I don't want to have kids when she asks how many kids you want to have. This is something that you should talk about beforehand and make sure that you're both on the same page long before you're married. Okay, you know, no surprises like this, no shocks, no hook, no bait and hook here. We're not hooking a wife and then putting her into submission to something that she totally did not expect. So now, with that aside, once you've found a spouse, I would highly advise you um, to work. So first point is to wait. And now, second point is when you're married, and of course, still as you're preparing to get married, or even as you're in this waiting phase, you want to be aware of this point, you need to be willing husbands, men, would-be fathers, you need to be willing to work. And I, by work, I certainly do mean be a provider. Uh, now, the, your wife could be also a someone who earns money, who uh, works a job, but as men, you should really think of yourselves as the primary um, breadwinner, the primary one who earns the money to take care of the family. It may be perfectly that both of you earn incomes. You know, I'm not some hyper-complementarian that says that only the husband is work can work and the wife is forbidden to work. Not at all. Um, if it's possible, you know, and if it's something that you two agree upon, um, without in any way burdening the other or burdening your wife husband um, 
you know, your wife can work, but you also have to recognize the dynamics and the differences in gender, uh, the, um, the biological differences that would necessitate changes to that when your wife um, expects a child because your wife can't just work up to birth and then pop out a baby and then go right back to work. That's why I say that you, husband, should be the primary provider uh, for the home. And if you want to have more kids, how much more you've got to be the primary provider for the home because there will be times most likely where the natural biological differences necessitate that you will end could end up being the sole provider so you should be willing to work to work at all costs to provide for the family potentially being the sole breadwinner depending on if you have children and of course children are mouths to feed they require sustenance they require your work and so um and Yes, children, especially when they're younger and when, you know, as you raise them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, you've got to teach them how to be mature as they grow up, but you need to accommodate the fact that when they're little tykes, they will be naturally very self-centered. Um, the world, especially as a toddler, the world revolves around you. And as a parent, that can pose a challenge, but you have to accept that, you have to recognize that, you have to deal with that. And so the time then, as you work as a father, you have to realize that any selfish impulse that you ever had throughout your life as a child, as a young adult, as a single young adult seeking pleasure, seeking, um, you know, comfort, seeking to enjoy uh, adult life without, with the only responsibility being to work for yourself, well now, um, you need to shed that, you need to understand that you're working for other people, and so pre be prepared to shed any selfish impulse you've, you have and you've ever had, and realize that your life is now your wife, says the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, uh, that the husband has no has doesn't have power over his body but the wife and so now you belong to your wife and you belong to your kids and you are both the provider and um, a self a, a non a selfless uh, shall we say a selfless provider and so if the situation demands work you work and Husbands, <laughs> forget what you might have seen from the old sitcoms, even in the 1950s or 1940s, I'm thinking of. Uh, things like The Honeymooners <laughs> and uh, like Ralph Cramden as he gets home from work and he as he uh, situates himself on the uh, easy chair and he pulls out the newspaper and he starts reading and he says, you know, honey, where is dinner ready yet? Uh, you know, that may be good for comedy, but it's not good for real life. Husbands, you need to work, and by work I do not, 
I, I certainly do mean your job providing, but work is not limited to that. Work means <laughs> all the time. And I don't I don't know necessarily mean that you seek out work if it's not necessary, but I do mean you you need to realize what is necessary and that is helping out your wife. If your wife is a stay-at-home mom taking care of the kids, she uh, you need to recognize how draining and busy that is. Yeah, um, you try being with the kids even for a few hours and you realize how exhausting that can be. Imagine a, a full day. And so um, have respect for your wife, love your wife as Christ loved the church, and realize that she is just as exhausted and potentially, depending on what kind of job you have, she could be more exhausted than you. So don't come home thinking your day is done and hers has just begun or still has to go until the end as the cliche goes, uh, you know, like the... the, the a man's work is from um, uh, dawn till the setting of the sun, but the, a woman's work is never done. Something like that. I, I think I'm probably totally botching that up, but you get the idea. Recognize that she's busy from morning till night, um, taking care of the kids, making lunch for them, making dinner for them, cleaning the house, whatnot. And so I say that once you set your foot in the house and don't dawdle around as you get... As you finish up work, don't try to waste time getting to home later. You get yourself in gear and you get yourself home as soon as you're done with work. And then once you set foot in the door, love your wife, hug her, hug your kids, you know, if they're older, or uh, take the baby, rock the baby, do what you can, help with dinner if she's still cooking, uh, you know, <laughs> with a smile, laugh if if she hasn't finished it yet, it's not, it's not a crime, it's something for you to help with, you know, have no expectations there other than that you serve your wife and your children, you come in, if dinner's not finished, ask what you can do to help, help out, or if you have to play with the kids while she's finishing it or you finish it, what have you, finish dinner, um, play with the kids as long as it takes, you know, take, take them off her hands for a while. Um, it doesn't matter how tired you are, as I said, you know, even if you're running on two hours of sleep and 10, hour, 10 hours of work, it doesn't matter. You're a father, you help, you're, you're a husband, you help your wife out and you play with the kids. Um, help out with cleaning afterwards, you know, don't uh, let the dishes pile up and don't expect that your wife has to continue working her, her motherly shift uh, long into the evening. You help clean up, uh, clean the counters, wash the dishes, put them in the dishwasher, uh, vacuum the floors, help out in any way that you can. If you see something that needs to be done, you help out with it. I am in no way any kind of hyper complimentarian. Now, I'm not an egalitarian either. You know, if anything, I'm neither complementarian nor egalitarian, depending on how the, the terms are defined, because my wife and I talked about the pearls and how really bad their books are, uh, their kind of hyper-patriarchalism there. I'm not... Uh, 
uh, for you know that kind of patriarchy. But I'm not in any way for egalitarianism, and and I recognize the distinction in genders, and as that naturally leads to more men working and uh, more women being stay-at-home moms. You know, you don't fight nature, and at the same time, you don't impose things that are not enforced by nature either. So husbands learn to cook, learn to clean, help out, take care of the kids. No lounging around during the evening while your wife is still slaving away when she has been working all day helping out with the kids uh, doing stuff. So that should be the heart of a husband. That's what I'll tell any of you husbands uh, looking, any of you would-be husbands wanting to get married and have kids, it's it's a job. It is done in love. And if you love your wife and you, if you love your children, you will be a role model. And a role model does not in any way um, sit around watching his wife work or say, uh, this is a woman's job, this is a man's job as an excuse. No excuses. Um, you mow the lawn, husbands, and you can help with the dishes, you can help cooking, you can learn to cook, and what have you. And so this brings me to the end of this episode. I feel like it's a little bit abrupt because I'm pulling into the parking lot at work, but I say that, you know, with all that said, being a husband, being a father... Um, is worth it. Even if it sounds like I'm saying it's a lot of work, it's worth it. It's worth every second of it. And so I say stay tuned to the next episode of Truth Espresso and uh, any other express editions of Truth Espresso. Thank you for waking up with Truth Espresso. Good morning, and God bless your day. Hey friends, Daniel Minnick here again. If you liked waking up to this episode of Truth Espresso, I would really appreciate it if you would rate it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or whatever application you use to listen to Truth Espresso. 